it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, we're across the pond again for the AIG Women's Open. Last major of the year, men's women's. The Wyndham Championship, last regular season event before the FedEx Cup playoffs. We have a great guest from England, Mr. Eddie Bullock. The Live continues to try and live its best life. Folks, golf's most entertaining hour is about to take off. Wade, send us. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to like of imitation. Distant us into the reservation. Alright. You can't stop the pro show. Here we are, rolling through another Friday and a hot week of weather, Mr. Wade Weezer. How are you holding up with all of this? Huh? I'm I, I'm okay. I was outside the other day thinking I was gonna do some stuff in the yard. I mean, very minimal impact stuff, and yeah, no, that, that was like on the, the 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 bad day, and and I don't go outside anymore. I just decide I'm not even gonna try anymore. You know, it's funny. Not uh, until the temperature gets in the, begins with a seven. <laughs> after you and I doing this for like 200 plus shows together, right? I always kind of leave an opening to start with that that uh, like a little area of my notes where I say small talk, and I see what we come up with, right? But today I've got to bring up the fact that you know. People say great minds think alike, right? I think it's funny. We both showed up to the studio today in the same T-shirt. Yes. Obviously, you can't see it on the radio, but... Yeah, it's it's too funny. Read the line. Read the line T-shirt. And can I say, I don't know if you like went through samples before you got these read the line T-shirts, but this thing is so freaking soft. Oh, man. It is is so comfortable. This could be like a a sleeping T-shirt, but I don't want to waste it on that because I want to feel comfortable all day. Well, if, if if Amy's already a subscriber, then don't waste it in, in bed, right? This is a marketing strategy, right? I need you to think I need you to wear it to the station. I don't need waste you to wear it, it around. In bed. Don't waste it in you bed. You are a man Tag of the line. people. Hashtag you don't know? waste it in bed. Anyhow, thank you for Speaking the gift. Of, I, I if, if it's not asking too much, I'd like like ten or fifteen more of these next time, you know, you're in the studio. <laughs> you and you and me both. Now, speaking of you being a man of the people, uh, there's another man of the people that had a lot that was on stage all last weekend. That's our friend Donald Trump up there with Live Golf, right? The fallout from Bedminster, it just keeps on coming. And we've got plenty to talk about when it comes to that, but um, man, Liv is just the gift that keeps on giving. Did you hear that the Chainsmokers didn't show up for the concert to no. close on Sunday night? <laughs> I didn't hear that. We made that whole bit on the Chainsmokers. They didn't even show up. They end, they ended up with White Claw John. <laughs> okay, I know, I know I know who he is. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. It just so happens our guest this week is more popular than him. Man. Let's talk about Eddie Bullock, man, this guy. Bullock. Those loser Chainsmokers didn't come in here today. <laughs> <laughs> I love the live. Yeah, I mean. They're the worst. Come on. Yeah, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. All right, we got to go quick here today because we do have a fantastic right, guest. Better. Much better than than Trump himself, that's for sure. But that's my man, Eddie Bullock. He is a PGA professional from England, a very good friend of mine. This guy is a legend over there in London. There's no doubt about that. He was captain of the PGA, which means that he was basically their, their president of all of GB in Ireland, which constitutes like 7,500 PGA members over there on the two islands. So wow. uh, this guy is just going to give us a great perspective on the 
150th Open last month. We're going to talk a little bit about Muirfield, the women's AIG, and just golf in general and what's going on over there in London. Um, love to check in with him from time to time. He's just a fantastic resource. Now, speaking of fantastic, let's talk about the play of the women at the AIG Women's Open. And we're over at Muirfield, legendary links, unbelievable spot. First round, Hanaka Shibono, 65, six under. Jessica Korda, 66, five under. They're just about to complete round two here on a Friday afternoon. Um, three, four under is going to be the lead. Four under probably looks like. Notables, you've got Minji Lee in the mix. Inji Chung, Lydia Ko, Nelly's there. They're all making the cut. They're going to be there for the weekend. Number one player in the world, Jin Young Ko, not going to make the weekend. Lexi not making the weekend. I'm not happy about that. Uh, what I am happy, though, and the ladies are happy about, is not only playing Muirfield, but that their purse is going from up from $5.8 million to $7.3 million this year for the Women's Open. That's a 26% increase there, Mr. Wade Weezer. So purse equity between the ladies and the men getting better. Course equity playing Muirfield, all great trends. Round one, you know I love this stat, 25 players under par. Conversely, we switch over to the Wyndham, where the men are playing last regular season event. And 78 players were under par, so triple. So it's a birdie fest down there in Greensboro, North Carolina. 61 by John Ha, first round, 9-under. Sung J.M., favorite to win, 63-7 under. Um, everyone from 120 to 130 on FedEx Cup points list that's eligible, that's not doing the live thing, uh, is there fighting for their card. you got to be in that top 125. So you got to love the fact that this is an easy time of year when it comes to that for the men. You know, who's going to you know, save their card, who on the Corn Ferry Tour is going to earn a card, all sorts of interesting things, all sorts of interesting things happening on the live front as well. We've got a lawsuit that came out, um, guys looking to get back to the PGA Tour. We've got tweets by PGA Tour players saying you can't have it, your cake and eat it too, directed at fellow players. Um, the lawsuit itself, 106 pages. I know you've read it there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Any reactions on Every it? Every last one. Yeah, yeah. I think Wall it's long. My first yeah. impression was very long. Yes. Um, I, I've got some advice for them i i think that they should work just a little harder on getting people to care have you ever experienced something in sports or maybe just in general that has had more talk but like very little follow-up right like, yeah right yeah like everyone everyone pays attention to this but nobody watches it it's like the craziest thing i don't know i don't know i i I don't know. I mean, we've reacted to this time and time again. I got news for you, folks. Um, last night, football happened. Football's coming. Uh, I think Live Bedminster had about 40,000 people stream it, which, you know, I think there's more people watching a Jaguars preseason football game. So um, at the end of the day, time will tell. I've always said that. And, uh, and so we move on. You know, and let, let's move on to something that's just always a lot more positive in my mind. And that's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The foundation recently opened the Inspiration Golf Range located on the Lion campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Burns Township. The multi-purpose facility, which is open to the public, will host golf programming for youth, veterans, and individuals with special needs. To support the foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. This Monday, they have their golf classic up at Baltus Rock. I know they have a packed house. I wish Chris Hunt, the executive director, and everyone there the best of luck. Have a wonderful day of golf and celebration. Folks, 
It's about after three here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with Eddie Bullock, Britain's brightest golf mind. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Deshaun Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Deshaun, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Eddie Bullock is a golf guy, an industry guru with a knack for making the problematic positive. Once the captain of the PGA for all of Great Britain and Ireland, he has a unique perspective on the game. He may seem so far away, but once you get to know him this afternoon, he'll give you a sense you've been friends forever. I can't wait to introduce you all to Eddie Bullock. Good afternoon, Eddie. How are you doing this afternoon? Keith, I'm really well, thank you. It's a a real privilege to be on your show, and as always, it's a a privilege to share some time with you and talk about golf, our lovely game. Well, you know what? There's a lot of positive action going on these days over there across the pond in your world. Let's get right into this. You know I love to jump into my interviews. It's been an exciting month over there for golf. Uh, in Great Britain and Ireland. Um, What's the atmosphere been like over there? I I know we're just coming out of COVID in many ways. It seems like that place is really embracing championship golf. Well, Keith, there's a real buzz. That's all I can say. It's been fantastic. We've come through um, the the Open. I mean, it's been absolutely terrific. You've got 290,000 fans were there. And they had to go in a ballot, and um, and it's just it was sensational. I was there the week before, and it was just nice just walking on that hallowed turf. You know, uh, the, the the event hadn't hadn't started, but you've got people walking across the 18th with prams, and I was with two buddies, and we were walking up there and enjoying ourselves, walk to the bridge, and everything like that. But um, it's a, it, the, the Open is attracting an amazing crowd. There's such a uh, diverse crowd now that enjoy 
enjoy the golf. But on the whole, there is a huge buzz about golf. You know, it's uh, it's coming to life. You know, you've got a younger audience now starting to um, engage in it, and uh, it's fantastic. You know what? I, I'm glad you bring that up because it's so popular over here in the States, but I get biased as an American. I only see America, right? We're talking yeah. to you over there in England. Is it just as popular over there in Europe and, and specifically just to where you're from? Yeah, where I'm from, uh, absolutely. I I, um, I represent a club just down the road called Goodwood. Um, and they have two and a half thousand members. They've got two courses and you can't get a tea time. I mean, seriously. It, it's oh. so popular. Um, and that's the case where, with a lot of clubs. There's a lot of modest clubs that you and I were, would have grown up with. And uh, they, they've had a real struggle pre-COVID. And we know that uh, post-COVID that things have started to happen. But there's clubs that now have a waiting list. Um, and that was unheard of, you know, just a few years ago. But I thought these waiting lists would decline, maybe just uh you know they get the uh, fresh ideas and coming back and you know they were probably into cycling or tennis or whatever but no those uh, those um uh waiting lists are still buoyant and uh to the extent that they've now closed them you know i've known a, a golf club keith really well-known golf club that's just uh increased its um we call them entrance fees. It's it's dues or entrance fees to to become a member of the club by fifty percent, and I mean oh, wow. that's just unheard of. And they're just full. It's it's amazing. So uh, listen, and there's a great opening. There's a lot more youth playing. You've got to attract the youth, and uh, you've got a lot more females now starting to get the feeling of the the games open to them. Uh, and they're not going into stuffy old clubhouses anymore. You know, there's a, a redesign in that side of it as well as everything else. But yeah, it's good. And listen, we had a, the other thing is the, the Open champion. We had a, a Commonwealth, can't we? Australian is a Commonwealth champion. So we were in a, in a way, we were quite pleased about that. You know, I wonder about that, the popularity and you talk about you can't get a tea time. You know, one of the things over here in the States is that we have a plethora of practice ranges from coast to coast. We have we have institutions that are new and innovative like Top Golf that give golfers an outlet to appreciate and enjoy and have fun in the game that isn't being on a golf course. Is there anything over there in England where someone can go and appreciate and kind of participate in the game but they're not actually playing on a golf course? Well, we've got Top Golf as well, and that's booming as well. Um, I, I took a group there just to start to, for them to have the example. Uh, and it'd be very similar. We walked in there. We were entertained. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, and, and you're next to, um, you know, guys who are having a, a night out. And then you've got uh, some uh, there uh, about to get married. Uh, and we are stuck in the middle. We have a nice time and et cetera. But we were there fairly early. We walked out of there, Keith, and it was like going back to the, the early days of queuing for a cinema. They were queued way down in the car park. So we've got exactly the same. We've got Adventure Golf, which is in, encouraging families to get involved. We've got Indoor Adventure Golf as well as everything else. Now, I've got a, a, a family mem members. They're eight and nine years old. They just love going to those things. Now, the important thing is, is how can we now 
get them to take the game to the next level and the next level and get them into clubs. That's what we want to do. And uh, to me, that's going to be that little bit of a challenge, but we'll we'll get there. But uh, yeah, everything is is going well on those sides uh, as well as everything else. And I tell you what, the other thing, clubs are starting to look at um, putting their own games in place, like uh, three-hole competitions and four-hole competitions. They really want to get people involved. So if the um, if the um, uh, spouses aren't involved, we you invite them up for the evening and you just get the pros out there and give them a little bit of a education and development and give them a, a team um, game and they just love it. And of course, that's using the club all the time as well. All right, hang on for a second. I, when I was a kid, I was a huge Indiana Jones fan. What is yeah. what is adventure golf? Ah, well, that's it. That's about it. Adventure golf is that uh, you can go to Jurassic Park, you can go to Indiana Jones, and they have a theme. So the themes are, if it's Indiana Jones, you go into a cave, come over a cave, go over a bridge, and you – you play that. That's the adventure. The one down the road here is a um, um, is like London Zoo. You go through London Zoo. You go through a hippopotamus' his mouth. I think it probably was called Crazy Golf one day, but uh, they're taking it now to a, another level. It's absolutely brilliant, and you you can't get on. You're you're queuing to get on these places. So it's kind of like what we call miniature golf. Yeah, I suppose you'd call it miniature golf. I, I, I am. Um, yes, yeah. All right. It's, it's it's around a little park as well as everything else. It's um, if I took you to the club down the road here, they have an indoor adventure golf, outdoor adventure golf, um, and they've got their driving ranges and academies, obviously with the uh, things like Top Tracer. Then they've got a nine-hole um, starters course, and then they've got the full course. But that's really programmed at getting those beginners into the game. It's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. All right, I tell you, what else is brilliant is this afternoon we are joined by Eddie Bullock, former captain of the PGA for Great Britain and Ireland, and an absolute legend in London golf. There's no doubt about it. I, I'd love to talk to him this afternoon. Let's get back to the 150th Open Championship just for a second. What's your biggest takeaway from that event? Because it really was some sort of global golf coming out party in many ways. I agree. It was, wasn't it? I um there is quite a number of uh, takeaways. One would be with, with the weather for a start. I mean, that was so dry. All of a sudden, we've got to get guys there. They've got to put the skill hats on uh, and strategize their way around it. It wasn't anything to do with length. Um, so that would be one thing. And, of course, uh, you know, those greens, they're sort of – they're devilish, to say the least. So – um, th that was one takeaway. The other takeaway would be Tiger. I um, I just hope we see him again uh, at the Open. I really do. Um, there was a lot of um, uh, sad tears, I think, probably, seeing him come over the bridge. We'd like to have seen him just stay on that bridge a bit longer, but uh, he wasn't going to give in there. It, that meant he was coming back. So, uh, And I think he made a huge contribution. And just to see his... How emotional he was as he walked down 18. I mean, that was terrific. And he won a lot of hearts over there. He really did. And and, and um, we respect him for what he's done in golf. But just those, 
just coming down that last hole, I think uh, it uh, was quite sensational to say that to say the least. That's that's um, my takeaway. There would be seeing that. Eddie, let me jump in there. You know that I worked at Isleworth. I yeah. knew Tiger back in the day. I know people in his camp. He is. Uh, he'll be back. You can trust me on that. He'll be back. Yeah. He. Uh, he is working on things this fall. He needs to do a little recovery from getting ready for the Open, but there is no doubt that we'll see him in the Bahamas. We will see him with Charlie, at, you know, around Christmas time, yeah. around holiday, yeah. and um, he is he will be back. There's no the word on the street, which is solid, and it's a great source, is from inside his camp, is that. Lacava's down there in the fall. They're going to work on things. They're going to they're going to get themselves back in shape to get going. So I mean, I tell you, it uh, nothing would be better for golf at this point. And you know, I don't really want to get into a lot of live talk, but his press conference was was pretty epic. He he, oh, he dropped the I, mic. Oh come on, he he did it, man. He was fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you. He was articulate, clear and uh, concise in every detail and word he put over. And he, again, he won a lot of hearts over with that. Yeah, totally. I'm putting thumbs up to you there, Keith. So thank you for reminding me. That's brilliant. Well, you know, the story came out this week, and I had heard it months ago, probably at the U.S. Open, that he was offered three-quarters of a billion dollars to jump to just to support it. It's not even play, but just to support Liv, right? And, I mean, you want to talk about an epic mic drop. Forget the press conference. Just imagine that story breaks and he says, nah, I'm good. I don't need that. Right. And and hopefully that helps set the tone for all the nonsense that's about to take place between the two tours and everything. And I don't want to get into all that. I want to get back to St. Andrews. Right. So, sorry, tangent. I, uh, when you get me talking about Tiger, I get excited. All right. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of talk with modern golfers. That And I want to get your feeling on this because I love watching a championship at the old course, but a lot of people feel like maybe it's getting outdated as if something that's 200 years old can get outdated, right? But what's your what what's the feeling across the pond over there that it can St. Andrews continue five years, 10 years down the road to, to host the Open? Or is at some point, is it just going to be too short and, and there will not be enough of a challenge for these men? No, I... I uh... You can't take the open away. I'm not going to allow that to happen, uh, whether you call that tradition or whatever. But listen, it's a test at any time. Uh, what we've got to appreciate, uh, we've got to appreciate that these guys now are athletes. Um, and also, um, things do evolve and do change. There is no no uh, situation at St. Andrews where they could lengthen the course. They could start to do something with the greens again, but obviously they're going to put some, maybe um, strategize the bunkers, whatever. But I've got an idea. Why don't we, um, and this will be interesting for you, why don't we make them become a little bit more skillful and factual in terms of where we're going? The, The winner was very skillful. And there's no question about that. He's got a real cool way about him. Why don't we take the 14 clubs and make it a maximum of 10? Now, oh. that for the Open would be fantastic, yeah? Oh, man. <laughs> Come on, Keith. Tell me your response on that one. Hey, they're crying now about those greens, <laughs> right? The, yeah. I mean, you, you're going to – oh, man, you're going to send them all home packing. They, they're <laughs> they're going to lose their mind. You know, you bring up an interesting word, though, Eddie. You brought up the word tradition. 
And yeah. one of the one of the traditions on any radio show is that I have to take a quick break. But keep that word in mind. I'm going to run to my sponsors for a second. I want to get back and talk about some tradition and, of course, what you do as a profession, as well as being a PGA professional. So hold yeah. tight there for me, Eddie, okay? Up next, more with Eddie, England's most respected golf mind. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. you got a great voice it's for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Eddie Bullock. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Now, how about a little hymn for the weekend? We're back with Eddie Bullock. Now, you brought up the word before, tradition. Right, and uh, we've had we've had quite an exquisite playlist this afternoon. A little Dire Straits, a little Coldplay. Right, you know, are you in the mood yet to have some fun here on the pro show, my friend? I love it, man. You you bet. You you make fun, man. You're the uh, uh, director of fun, so come on, keep it going. All right. So you used the word tradition earlier, and sometimes tradition gets in the way of progress. And it seems like for this year's Women's Open, that's the case. And because of what you do, right, for my listeners, let's break down your role as a consultant, as a PGA leader, as an innovative mind. Give us a little background on what uh, a week in the life is like for Eddie Bullock. Yeah, well, um, Keith, I've been at this game as, as long, a little bit longer than you, but the Golf to me is has been in my blood for forty years. I mean, it's uh, sensational. But what do I do? I sort of, um, I I have a smorgasbord of uh, skills. Really, um, I think the main thing is I'm a huge influencer in the game. You've uh, said that in uh, around the UK. Um, I was a, a network hunter in my day. I came, I wanted to meet everybody. I was curious and that was important to me. So my point is I go in and advise clubs uh, from an independent point of view where they need to modernize. Um, 
And I believe the benefits of my consultancy, it, it uh, don't di just disappear when the project is completed. My approach is to design a, a positive change into that business that lasts. Um, and if you change for the time the customers spend with you, then you're going to give them an, a, a complete experience. And that's, that's where I stand. And I go into many clubs um, and we look at it in complete detail. And of course, you've got individuals that have a golf club that um, have been there for many years. So that from their points of view, that's their tradition. But if tradition is impeding on progress, you've got to make those changes. And, and that's when I can step in and advise those clubs exactly where they should be going. I mean, you've got to do it very gradually as well as everything else. But uh, where do we make those changes? We, we look at the culture and we explain to them a little bit more about where that, the modern trends are starting to do evolve and starting to develop. Uh, and the most important thing is, is a lot will be re resistance or reluctance to, to make those changes. But when you sit them down and ask them, where are all the younger people? Where are their generations? Where are their um, the sons and daughters and where are their grandchildren? And you find it eventually it actually sinks in that uh, some changes do have to be made. And you've got to do it with respect as well as everything else. And I, I fully believe in that. And I've been fortunate to be involved with a number of businesses where we've been able to um, guide them, nurture them. Um, and as I say, you just don't walk away from it. You actually are there part of their journey all the way through. And that's the important thing. That's what I tend to do. I like to go in there and see these changes, build that vision and make them believe in that vision, take it forward. Folks, we are blessed this afternoon to have a huge mentor of mine, Eddie Bullock, with us. And Eddie, you mentioned it right there. You talk about changes and how they come about. I want to use two current examples and kind of get your expertise to break it down and how these things are coming about and whether they're positive or negative in the current golf landscape and ecosystem. Let's go first with the AIG Women's Open this week, all right? They're at fabled Muirfield, which for 250-plus years was a men's-only club. They started to let women become members uh, in the late 2000-teens. I don't know the exact year, 18, 19, whatever, 17, whatever, 2017, whatever year it was, right? But yep. they are playing, they played 16 men's open championships there, and they're playing their first women's there this week. And, and by all you know, estimation, it is going to be just uh, a complete, you know, unbelievable experience, not just for the women, but for golf in general, right? How did it, how did it, how did it, that change come about from the inside working its way out and get the ladies there on property and give them this opportunity for such an unbelievable championship? Well, you've got to give credit. One is credit to Muirfield for actually recognizing if they needed to continue in the modern trends of their uh, of their future, they needed to make changes. Um, now, they have a, a secretary there, Stuart, who is absolutely a young man, and he's obviously been influential in terms of making that move as well as everything else. But the other credit has to go with the RNA because um, they started a thing called the Women in Golf Charter, which um, states that the golf industry has to change and be committed to me take measures designed to achieve a positive change for women, girls, and families. 
And so from that point of view, um, the uh, Martin Slumbers, who is the chief executive of the RNA, was really very forceful and took that leadership to make those changes. And of course, Muirfield was one of those courses that you need to play. You need a championship on Muirfield. I mean, it's one of the prime links in the in the whole world. And in in order to grow that participation, they got the UK government to support that charter as well as everything else. So that charter made a huge difference. And and who would have thought seven years ago that Muirfield would be holding um uh, would have current lady members and be holding the um, AIG Women's British um, Open. It's absolutely fantastic. So all those wonderful people that we've grown up with, the histories, the historians, Babe Zararis, Kathy Whitworth, Judy Rankin, Dolly Pepper, Laura Davis, and many more contributed to this very, very special event being held at Muirfield. And we mustn't take that away. So tradition has changed in one of the most bastion male um, organizations or clubs in the whole world. So th that's that's important. That's from my sense is gonna be such an important factor moving forward. All right, so that's positive change. Yeah. And you very eloquently described how you go about it. You know, they had buy in from uh, the the ruling parties. You have buy in from the club. You have buy in from the players. You have buy in from everyone. Now, yeah. let's talk about another change or rather a disruption that's going on in the golf world. And what could live learn from how the women evolved into Muirfield and playing their their global championship there and then what's going on with live and i mean geez you're a consultant and you challenge tradition all the time with innovation but boy if, if you were in charge of that how would you go about this differently because it doesn't really seem like everybody's getting along and, and although maybe there will be positive change in time eddie right now there's a really negative feeling around this thing yeah, well, the the answer is quite clearly is communication, 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 and start a ball rolling. What does everybody want from it? Um, what does the next generation want from it? And let's put the heads together and really start to sit down. And I'm sure they've probably discussed it, but there's no good in discussing. You've really got to make, you've got to have a, an arbitrator at, that can come in that will be well respected that can draw those heads together um because there's just more to it than just the the golf i mean there's the the moral issues as well as everything else and that compass so from that point of view you've got to then start to look at where the game is going what do just run a survey now and find out what the youth of uh golf is looking for and what respect do they have and, and I think from the points of view of where they, the game is going, they, they probably would view this as a positive movement forward. But at the same time, um, like anything, you've got to understand what went before you to be able to get to this point. I mean, despite our age, Eddie, you and I, yeah. are we're huge innovators. We are yeah. forward thinkers. There's no doubt about that. And I see a lot of good that can eventually come out of live. But boy, I tell you. Yeah. The, the angles with which that they're going at this thing just seem to be really, really abrupt. And I almost wish they hired you to do it. 
you know, to, to, to bring this thing to the forefront and do it and do it in a little bit more of a polite fashion. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's strong English professional support for live over there in England. How do people feel about this new tour? Are they embracing it more so than they are here in the States or, or what's, what's your sentiment on that? No, I don't. I don't think they're embracing it at all. To be perfectly honest, I think other people will sit down, and uh, you know, if you were a businessman and said somebody's knocking on your door and you've uh, reached the end of your career, you haven't won any majors, um, and there's a few million to come in the bank, what, what will you do? Fair enough. That's their business prerogative, and that's what they'll they they'll move forward. But then, of course, then you've got some very esteemed. Um, members of the PGA Tour and and uh, the European Tour now that are, are, are drifting it away. And, and I think they have a responsibility just to sort of stop, just stop, reflect, and let things uh, think about where they're, they're going. And, yes, you would love the opportunity. I would take the opportunity of also uh, of looking at the male. male. We've got to look at the women. I mean, we're talking about Muirfield and how they're moving forward. Why aren't the women being involved in it? I know that they probably open their doors to it. I read an article just recently saying that um, they would sit down and have a discussion. But you've got to get everybody into the party, Keith. And I agree with you. I think there's going to be a few good things come from it, but there's going to be a as we say here, a lot of tears before bedtime, before things get started, get re- resolved. Tears before bedtime. I love that. Uh, we might have some tears, positively or negatively, this weekend there at Muirfield. Uh, for someone who's just seeing Muirfield because they're a fan of women's golf and they obviously haven't seen this course before. It's the first time the ladies are there. Eddie, yep. give, it, give us a quick preview. What should we be looking for in the subtle sweetness of that beautiful, beautiful seaside links? The subtle sweetness. Well, I tell you what, the subtle sweetness. I grow. Um, let's let's call it uh, two roses. There's a thornless rose, and there's a large thorny stemmed rose, and that's what it is. It'll start off as a nice, um, nearly thorn-free rose, and that links course by the locations are prone to strong winds, and it's a determined factor of the golfer's score. But, of course, once that wind starts to blow off the Firth of Fourth, and no hole there, uh, on normal uh, circumstances, you're going to get lots of crosswinds there. So that sticky, large, thorny stem rose is going to start to get very, very prickly. You're going to have somebody that's going to be able to control that golf ball, have a good mental attitude, and... uh, from that point of view, it's one of the most sensational golf courses I feel in the world. Hence, my due respect to um, Jack Nicholas for uh, obviously taking the title and moving from your field from uh, uh, the Scotland, moving it to um, to uh, to the US as well. So, the, the, the whoever's going to be champion there is going to be um, in esteem company. Because, as you know, um, going back uh, to 59, player Nicholas Trevino, Watson Faldo twice, and Ernie Els and Mickelson. If you think about that, Keith, they have all won multiple, multiple um, majors. There's not one of them that has just won the Open once. They've all won on a number of occasions. So I think we're going to have somebody of 
quite a steam that's going to put that figures together, particularly if we get that thorny rose and that wind blowing, that's going to make a huge difference. Well, I tell you, you know, a lot was said a month ago when Jack Nicholas and a couple other people agreed and they said, you haven't won the open unless you've won it at St. Andrews. But you look at the list from Muirfield that you just repeated there and you add Harry Varden and Ted Ray and some of the other legends of the game that go back a hundred years. And then you put on top of it, Faldo twice, Watson, who has five opens, you've got Jack. I mean, that would be one wall I would want to get on if I was a professional golfer, you know, I would want to be in the honorable company of Edinburgh golfers. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, and speaking of honorable company, right. Or a mental test. Before I let you go this afternoon, you know my listeners love to get to know my guests. So we've got to participate in a little, a little Atlantic Ocean here, cross the pond, rapid fire Q&A. Are you up for this, Eddie Bullock? Let's go for it, Keith. With you, anything happens. I let uh, go. Let's go and make it happen. Favorite course in Great Britain and Ireland? Old Woodley Leeds. On a scale of one to 10, rate your style. Nine and a half. Oh, I love you. You're the best. You're on a flight from London to New York. Who would you like to sit next to the whole time? Can't be a family member and it can't be a golfer. Oh, my goodness me. Good question. President Obama. Oh, all right. Best piece of advice you got recently. Um, yeah. Okay. Always be a curious observer, an astute questioner, and a sympathetic listener. What would be bigger, an English woman winning at Muirfield or the recent women's soccer team victory in the Euro Championship? Uh, Keith, that's a great question. <laughs> the, the whole country was supporting the England women's football team. Okay, they won it. We're gonna have a, a British winner at Muirfield. Well, God bless Charlie Hall or Georgia Hall or or one, or one of them, for sure. If we made a movie about Eddie Bullock, your life story, what actor would play you? Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh, good for you. You're great. Nine and a half on the style meter. And he goes right after a Hollywood hunk, Ryan Gosling. You are the, you are, I should have you on once a month. You are so entertaining. This is great. All right. Have you read a good book lately? Any recommendations? Yeah, I have. I got it here. I'm reading it now. It's called How to Control the Uncontrollable by Ben Aldridge. Absolutely fantastic. Everybody that wants to build the confidence. Uh, I, I, um, I do a lot of mentoring, so I, I, I call it liberating youth. So I think um, although education's fantastic, Keith, I bring them and get them to do things that is completely different. So I read about Ben Aldridge and then what he did, he went down the street with a, um, a, a banana like a, a dog. And the basis was to get, get people to do things outside the comfort zone and do things differently. So read the book, it's fantastic. If you could travel back in time, where and when would you go? Uh, where and when would I go? Oh my goodness, I know what it's gonna stay here. I like, um, 
I think I'd be with in the company of the great Gatsby. So that'd be the what the twenties th- or thirties. Yeah. All right. All right. One more for you. When you hear the words champion golfer of the year, who is the, who is the first person that comes to mind? Jack Nicholas. Well, you know what, Eddie Bullock, when I hear the words champion of the game of golf, I think of you. I can't thank you enough for being on the show this afternoon. You are a legend and a scholar and a great friend. Keith, thank you. It's a huge pleasure, and it's great to have you as a friend. And you are one heck of a person, Keith. You make a huge contribution to this game, and I really, really mean that from my heart. Well, one of these days, I got to get over there, and you and I are going to go on tour, sell T-shirts, and do the whole thing, all right? (laughs) That sounds good to me, man. (laughs) That sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Eddie. We're fast approaching 4 p.m. I'm going to close with the weekly update. As for now, appreciate you all listening to ESPN 920. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I you can't just not show up for work, but but if he's not like doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns you around into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Ooh, sounds like a fun summer anthem. Hope you're all getting away this weekend. Man, something about this song just hits. You know what it hits like? It hits like every Friday evening when I post the podcast to all platforms like iTunes, Spotify. You know all the spots where you guys listen to the pro show. Or another spot you can listen to the pro show. You can stream us anywhere at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit that listen now button. You want to have some more fun? Get to social media. Twitter, Instagram, KJ Stewart. PGA, give me a follow, right? Having all sorts of fun there. You know where else we're having some fun and winning? That would be readtheline.com. Get there, read, subscribe, and win. No better thing to do than that, or listen to Belinda and the girls. Give it to me. We all need it. It's August. You got to take one. Here we are. Sing it. Well, when you get on vacation, you know what you need to do there, Mr. Wade Weezer? You need to get that new tailor-made stealth driver out, my friend. That's what you got to do. 
right? You got to get that thing out. Because on these hot, hot, humid days that we continue to deal with here in New Jersey, right? The humidity just keeps that ball in the air like the stealth driver, man. You combine the two and you're just hitting bombs off the tee left and right. I love my new driver. And if you haven't tried one yet, run, don't walk and get yourself to a PGA professional. Try a demo club, get out there, start hitting some bombs yourself. Enjoy golf the way it's meant to be played. Long off the tee and rolling the rock on the putting green. So more information, you know where to go, folks. Go to tailormadegolf.com. That's one way to accept a win. Joining Live Golf may have cost Henrik Stenson the Ryder Cup captaincy, but it paid off immediately as the former Open champion secured a bumper payday on his debut in the Saudi-backed Breakaway League. Stenson carded a final round 69 at Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey, to claim victory by two shots over DJ and Matthew Wolf, and pocket the individual first prize of $4 million. The 46-year-old also earned $375,000 as part of the Majestics team. Boy, that just rolls off the tongue. Along with Lee Westwood, Ian Sounds Poulter. Sounds like a bowling team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a bad one, too. And Sam Horsfield, which finished second in the team competition. I guess we can all agree I played like a captain, Stenson joked in a post-round interview right there on the 18th green. Oh, baby. Stenson, as we know, was appointed Ryder Cup captain on March 15th, but the Swede's tenure lasted just 127 days before his decision to join Live Golf meant he was stripped of the role with immediate effect by the DP World Tour. Luke Donald just this past Monday there, Mr. Wade Weezer, was named as Stenson's successor. And he said, what an amazing honor it is to represent Europe in the Ryder Cup. Just this, just this past weekend, while I was speculating he might get the role, Donald was quoted as saying, if I got this captaincy, I would live up to my word and see it through. Let me put it this way. I wouldn't be doing a Henrik. Ho, hey now. You blew it! <laughs> you think? Right? Well, that didn't take long, right? Somebody needs to remind these guys that they lost the Ryder Cup last year in historic fashion. You know? Man, what a, what a mess. No. No, it's not cool. It's <laughs> not cool. No, it's not. No. And, but in a related story, um, somewhat, Finau finishes in style. Seven days after Tony Finau erased a five-stroke deficit heading into the final round of the 3M Open to earn his t- third tour title, he made it back-to-back wins by shooting a final round five under 67 at the Detroit Golf Club to clinch the Rocket Mortgage Classic in the Motor City by five strokes again over Patrick Cantley, Taylor Pendrith, and Cameron Young. Finau said this with Amanda Renner right there on the 18th green. They say a winner is just a loser that just keeps on trying, and that's me to a T. How many times do I lose? Well, one thing is I won't give up. And I'm only here as a winner because I chose not to give up and just keep going. You know what? That's one way to answer the questions after that on the 18th hole, as juxtaposed to their Mr. Stenson's comments, right? How about this for another winner's reaction by Finau? It means everything to me that my kids can watch me not only fail, but they can watch me win as well. That's what it takes to be a champion. A little different reaction there than live, huh, Wade? A right? A little bit. These guys wonder why nobody cares. Nobody cares. cares. If a golf club falls in the woods and no one's there to see it. No, you have to say, you have to 
you have to actually categorize it. If a live golf club falls in the woods. <laughs> sorry, yeah, anybody... sorry, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if it falls in the middle of one of their tournaments, does anybody know? No, because that's nobody's... what you need. Exactly. Nobody's there. Come with yeah. me if you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, here we go. Oh, you're going to love this one. You're going to love this one. Uh, tiger 2, Shark 0. Ooh. Yes. Music to my ears there. Well, Live Golf may have tried to tempt viewers and sponsors with the likes of DJ, Phil Mickelson, Bryson, and Brooks. But the 15-time major champion continues to refuse to make what would be a momentous leap. Over the last few months, there has been continued reference to the mind-blowing enormous amount offered to Tiger at the start of the Greg Norman-led campaign without any confirmation of the actual amount. Well, however, during an appearance on Fox News, the Live CEO, Mr. Norman, seemed to confirm the figure banded about. Asked about that much publicized phrase, Norman has confirmed the amount to be between 700 and 800 million, over three times the reported amount agreed with on Mickelson. The 67 year old Norman, a two time winner of the Open, told Tucker Carlson on Fox that's, this is our marketing Known program. For- He's yes. known for his golf <laughs> expertise, for sure. He, yes, he's deep in the golf ecosystem. Tucker Carlson, for sure. Right? Uh, Alex Jones no- wasn't available. Yeah, <laughs> of course. All right. So Norman says to, to Carlson, that number was out there before I became CEO. So that number, yes, it's out there. Yes. And look, Tiger is the needle mover. And of course, you have to look at the best in the, wet, uh, in the world. So they had originally approached Tiger before I became CEO. Wait. Imagine turning down $750 million, all right? Well, some people can't be bought. <laughs> yeah, well, considering... Here's what I propose. Remember the movie Indecent Proposal? Oh, yeah, yeah. Any more? Oh, Woody yeah, Har- sure. Woody Harrelson. How about a remake with the shark and Tiger Woods? What do you think? <laughs> uh, it seems more people would watch that than is watching Live, right? I mean, think about this, right? Considering the hammer he dropped last month at, at St. Andrews in the press room, right? Yeah. For those of you counting at home, that's Tiger 2, Shark 0. I guess money can't buy everything. Oh, anyway. Oh, here we go. How about, how about Tiger Woods again? Make that three for Tiger. All right? He went from two to three quickly. Here we go. Tiger Woods has announced the introduction of a new and sure to be very popular junior golf tournament to be held at the Hay at Pebble Beach and the Lynx at Spanish Bay. The new TGR Junior Invitational presented by TaylorMade will be held on October 8th through the 10th later this year when 60 boy and girl junior golfers will compete over two days. A statement released by TGR Live said the junior golfers will come from diverse backgrounds and will be invited to compete through a process which promotes the shared passions of TGR Live and the Pebble Beach Junior Golf Association by providing a unique opportunity and exposed to the sport of golf. I am excited to welcome a diverse field of young golfers to the TGR Junior Invitational presented by TaylorMade, Wood said. Hosting this event at the Hay at Pebble Beach is a perfect venue to showcase a fun and competitive atmosphere for a talented group of young golfers. Now, for those of you listening that don't know what the Hay is, the Hay is a new par-3 course that was designed by Woods that they added to the property at the Pebble Beach Resort. All right. Okay. Very cool. The TGR. Yeah. Very nice synergy there. The TGR. Junior Invitational presented by TaylorMade is a great opportunity for us to continue to make the game of golf better. That was a quote from David Abeles, the president and CEO of TaylorMade Golf. We are proud to partner with TGR Live and the Pebble Beach Company to provide this unforgettable experience to deserving young golfers. Applicants 
applications are currently being accepted through August 21st, 2022, you can go to tgrjrinvitational.com. So there's a lot of talk about growing the game these days by other leagues. Mm-hmm. I just, you might throw out to them, Mr. Wade Weezer, if you could send them an email, type sure, this up. Sure thing. Um, take notes on Tiger. Because this, right. this seems like a really good way to grow the game. Not only that, it's not confusing. It's simple. It's like post-it notes, all right? Let's take people that don't really have the golf experience and bring them out and expose them to something that would be truly memorable and would get people excited and would have people actually, I don't know, care. Maybe we should um, get Putin on the phone, see if he wants to finance it. (laughs) Stop. Just stop. Just throwing it out there. All All right. I have one more for the update this week, and this is a serious one. So, you know, put on your serious hat, okay? Uh, This one's titled, A Moment of Silence. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. That famous call come from Kirk Gibson's pinch hit home run in the World Series. We lost a legendary sportscaster this week in Vin Scully. The 94-year-old master of the microphone signed off for the final time. You know, one of the things, Wade. Time for Dodger baseball. Imagine he called the Dodgers for 67 years. It's unbelievable. And people, they don't remember this, but he called golf for a period of time in the late 70s and the early 80s alongside Lee Trevino, of all people. Imagine that booth, right? Listen Listen to a couple of these golf gems that I came across this week, right? Only two things will rise from the ashes in Sawgrass in 79. A phoenix... And Lanny Watkins. He, he had, there was one where a guy was in a, in a pot bunker and he says, you're too old to laugh or cry. This time, he took the laugh. Man. And for baseball, he pretty much worked by himself. Oh, yeah. He didn't have a couple oh, yeah. of yeah, no, when we've, no, I mean, he wasn't blessed with Susan Waldman. No, he was know? not. That's baseball, Susan. But thankfully, yeah. when this whole uh, streaming technology came into play, it was great because obviously we can't we can't hear him on the East Coast to just put him on and go, OK, I get how people in, you know, who follow the Dodgers could just sit there and let the radio play. You don't need the TV just to hear him was fantastic. Oh, uh, well, you know what? You mentioned the East Coast not hearing him that often, but I bet you folks in the East Coast might remember this one. A little roller up the long first behind the bag. Little do folks remember, all of the 70-plus-year career, Scully graced us with his legendary calls and pauses, right? For a man who always knew what to say there, Mr. Wade Weezer, it was when he didn't speak, the moment was truly made special. You know, in that famous Mets call, he let the crowd noise go for over 70 seconds. The replay happens, it goes through Butner's legs again, right? His silence said more than any mouth could utter. And the first thing he came back with on that famous Mets call, if one picture is worth a thousand words, you have seen about a million words. No other broadcaster was ever able to capture the action better than him. To honor his career, legacy, and penchant for not saying anything, let's honor him with a brief moment of silence. And that's your Pro Show update for the week ending August 5th, 2000. And 22. As we wrap up today's show, we got to thank our sponsors. 
TaylorMade Golf, of course, for the weekly update, and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Thanks for all you do there on the board there, Mr. Wade Weezer. I know each week's a challenge, and you are up to the task, my friend. Now, one more thing. You know I love my listeners. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about team strategy. The first step is clarity. Then when everyone knows where you are going, creativity takes over. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the tee next Friday at 3 p.m. on ESPN 920.